Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. Welcome to the Barker Podcast Collection. I suck, you suck, I suck at Call of Duty. Welcome to the Not Playing Podcast. My name's Rob Howard, and today I'm joined by... Marcus Hurley, and Will. There was the news earlier in the year that EA cancelled uh, their open-world Star Wars game. Um, to be honest, uh, the story did go on to develop a little bit, uh, and basically, the word is that in that game, it was an open-world game in which you were going to play as a scoundrel or bounty hunter who could explore various open-world planets, work with different factions, etc. However, EA decided they wanted a game that would come out sooner than that because it was likely uh, not going to come out until well into the next generation After of consoles. After they lost their license so, Disney. Well, yeah, I suppose. Possibly, yeah. They, they need, yeah that, so there may have been pressure from Disney in that regard. So apparently there is still something happening, uh, but they definitely scaled down that project it's not going to be quite as ambitious as it might have been we've also got a game coming by coming from respawn at the end of 2019 uh so there are other things going on with star wars other than battlefront but that definitely seems to be the golden goose and we'll likely learn more about battlefront 3 at this year's e3 i would have thought to coincide with episode 9 but it just kind of got us thinking about uh, Star Wars games in general, uh, Star Wars games that we've enjoyed in the past, and and what we might like to happen to the Star Wars license should EA hopefully lose it, lose the license. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Will, did you want to start? Because, uh, I mean, when I say we were thinking about this, <laughs> it was you that proposed this yeah. topic. Oh, so, like I say, the, the original <laughs> news story and... Uh, we apologise to the listener because we probably recorded this a little while before it came out. Some things may have changed in the meantime. However, uh, basically, there was a game we were, I think we we can say we would have been looking forward to if it wasn't yeah. the fact it was Electronic Arts as the publisher putting horrible burdens upon the uh, studio and thus the gamer. Uh, but it, it looked it looked and sounded <laughs> promising. They put out some good stuff in the past, <laughs> and the idea of playing this. Star Wars bounty hunter and going around and open worlds, exploring planets, the, doing quests. It's sort of like the outer edge of the galaxy, yeah. and that sort of thing. And and I'll, like, I will come back to that in a while because it's it's it sounds exciting. But um, I think the main trouble is that I think it was I think, I think Electronic Arts have had the Disney license for five years or so, and they bought it for a ten-year period. But I think... Yeah, it was shortly before 
Force Awakens came out, I think that was around yeah. the time when they renew- yeah. renewed it. Well, they they started. Well, the original game was started in 2013, I think, or something. Battle, We've started Star hearing Wars, about Star Wars it. Battlefront. It was, it was around the time. So they bought a 10-year exclusivity yeah. thing. But I, my belief, and there is no confirmation on this, but there's certainly plenty of rumours in the industry that Disney are not happy with the way Electronic Arts have been handling things, particularly with the whole kerfuffle around Battlefront 2, the pay-to-win loot boxes, yeah. the encouraged oh, gambling, yeah. all of that stuff, which very much affects the Disney brand. So I don't, I don't think, I don't yeah. know how happy we are in general around, frankly, Disney buying the Lucasfilm thing, but we have to suck that up because it is a done thing. But uh, what we can say is Disney then letting Electronic Arts, who actually to me are one of the worst publishers for stifling their developers and absolutely trying to string along the um, the players, having that license now. The theory is that Disney have expressed their displeasure and potentially are looking to finish that contract early, which would explain why games that were further in the future maybe can to bring out something half-baked and half-arsed sooner so that EA can make more money off of it. Pure conjecture, but I think quite an interesting um, possibility and route for conversation. Hence, today's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring to you... The EA slamming and aspirational <laughs> Star Wars gaming podcast. Ah, thank you. So we're running a train on EA, basically. We're Look, just they've been dicks. Gang banging the hell out of it and just yeah. leaving it ruined. I, I think the point. So they they had what, so they had a, a couple of Star Wars games in the works. Now the one that at the time of recording is still a thing is the Star Wars game by Respawn. It is Respawn, isn't it? Am I correct there, Rob? Hmm. Uh, the guys that did well, Titanfall. Yes, the creators of Titanfall. Exactly. Now, they have a good reputation. I believe they did the first Titanfall before they were with EA, uh, because that was a Microsoft yes. exclusive, and they did a lovely job. Titanfall 2 yeah. was, also, uh, was under EA, was a multi-platform, was critically very well received, actually, and the single player was known to be exceptional. The multiplayer yeah. gameplay was known to be extremely good. It was, it was yeah. The second game, the the single player component of the second game could widely be uh, considered uh, an evolution of Half Life, mm. in that it was developed by many of the people that worked on Half Life and Half Life Two, um, and had similar lofty ideas in terms of gameplay, uh, in terms yeah. of like time travel yeah. and shit. So we've got, we've got some clever brilliant. and talented bastards yeah. working on this and they've got a Star Wars they've got the Star Wars IP <coughs> they've got a proper gameplay pedigree and I think we can all say we will be very seriously looking at what they put out but I think personally from my side and I can't speak for you guys I will be airing a note of caution simply because of the publisher and I'm not certain what they will do to it yeah but if, the, so if it's fun, you're, hooray. So you're kind yeah. of thinking it will be even they're almost using the studio name to try and quell some of the fires um, by getting what, Respawn, Respawn to work on it. They know that people know they've done good games. I, in the I, recent I past. actually don't believe that's so necessarily the case. I believe they've given it to a talented production team because they're a talented production team and they need something good out of hmm. it. I don't believe 
that outside of the enthusiasts group, which is us and generally the people listening to this, but for the mainstream, people won't know who Respawn are and may or may not have played Titanfall. What they're looking to do is get a good quality yeah. game out there. That, that is a purely cynical approach to it. Well, Respawn were responsible for uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which is where Call of Duty stopped. <laughs> Uh, they it was people it was Vince Zampella the the owner used to work at uh, Infinity Ward. Yeah. He left Infinity Ward yeah. to create Respawn. Yeah. Uh, and then basically they did like a partnership thing with EA to get the first Titanfall out, so they sort of retained the IP. Uh, but then EA eventually just went, uh, yeah, Give can me. we buy you please? And they went, yeah, fine. And then they also went. We've got the Star Wars license. Would you like to make a Star Wars game? And they went, oh, yes, please. That sounds cool. That sounds like something we could do. And all of that stuff is fine. So I believe it's... Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's a two-way street. Um, I don't think EA has forced Mm. them to make a a Star Wars game. I don't think such a thing is really possible for any any studio would clearly love to get their hands on it. You look at your typical software developer, and there will always be exceptions to the rule. But I reckon if you say to your typical software developer... Would you like to be able to do something with the Star Wars IP? Most of them will not turn around and say, I don't really like Star Wars, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, it's just a thing that you would do. I mean, it's great. That's fine. I mean, uh, before we get too late into this, I wouldn't mind just uh, maybe uh, reminiscing on uh, some of the, the. our favourite Star Wars games yeah. so far. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, and it. I'll start by uh, saying that basically Knights of the Old Republic is one of my favourite games of all time. Uh, that was the Bioware. It was where, indeed, yeah. Um, um, so, so same same teams yeah. that did things like Icewind Dale, Neverwinter Nights, and moved on to do the Dragon Age and Mass Effect, am I right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah, Knights of the Old Republic was like the transition of that. I played it when I was at uni, and I would play it until four in the morning, just like pondering the uh, some of the, the moral sort of choices philosophical... and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like light side, dark side, and that all had an effect on your character and what abilities you could have. There was also one of the best twists that there has ever been in a video game, in my opinion. Um, and I just loved the whole like having the ship flying about, and obviously a lot of that they brought into Mass mm. Effect. And uh, and the Dragon Age games, but for me, I don't remember the spaceship in Dragon like, Age. Think... Oh no, no, there were dragons, um, and there was a camp. <laughs> I think yeah. was the was the equivalent. Ah, uh, flying um, camp around the, uh... was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got so into Knights of the Old Republic. There was a second game made by Obsidian. I don't think they had quite the amount of time and resources to spend on it, unfortunately. Um, but I still played it and enjoyed it. Um, I think it was one of the first uh, Bioware games outside that was like in a proper 3D mm. engine. Because Neverwinter Nights was 3D, but it was very much construction I think, set. I think Neverwinter Nights. I thought Neverwinter Nights was after Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, maybe it was. I think it went sort of Icewind Dale and then Knights of the Old Republic, but I could be wrong. No, because Icewind Dale was done by oh, Black Isle. Oh, sorry, you're right. It was kind um, of a, a separate, oh. but. But they used the Bioware technology. Oh, what, what was the one? Oh, Christ. Uh, it's, it's, it makes for terrible dead air on a podcast when I can't remember it and no one 
can remember the thing I'm talking about, which was the, the precursor to Icewind Dale, the classic. Baldur's Gate. I think it was yeah. Baldur's Gate. Maybe. But anyway, it was a wonderful game. Now, you see, for me, I there were there were there's always been Star Wars games. Uh, one that particularly stuck with me, which was a silly little game, it was called Jedi Knight Jedi uh, Jedi Academy, and the whole story oh, was yeah. um, you're basically a Padawan, a, a trade trainee Jedi, whatever you were, and you start off in Jedi school and it all goes wrong, and you got Master Skywalker's teaching yeah. you, uh, but then you get this choice. But you, as you develop your Force powers, you select from kind of light and dark side ones, and actually the the dark side ones have much better stuff. And your lightsaber changes color, and but the lightsaber fighting was fantastic. And we're talking around the same era as I was probably playing it around the same time as um, Morrowind, for example. So we're talking like early two thousands, and this was some of the best. I think it was first person shooter combat. Might have been third person, I can't even remember. But I do remember just going through this plot, and depending on whether you went light side, dark side, you had different consequences, the game managed differently. It was quite a good, fun story. But the best thing was going dark side, using the whole force choke thing that Darth Vader used to use, and getting to throw people over cliffs. Yeah. It was deeply satisfying. It just There were lots of Star Wars games out. It was great. And now... Was that the one... Oh was that the one where you, with Carl Katarn? Was he the main character in that uh, in that Jedi Knight? Rings a bell, but I couldn't tell you why. To be honest, um, yeah, it was it was it was super fun. I remember, like, you really got to use all your all, all your abilities and things. You really felt like yeah, a Jedi. It was it was, it was genuinely good. But uh, I mean, <clears> even <throat> yeah. going right back, there were always the games around it. It, it just feels since EA took on the license. Um, We've had basically um, Battlefront One, and then the Battlefront Two. So that's been nice in yeah, five years. Actually, go on, Marcus. Um, my, to be honest, I haven't really played many of the Star Wars games. Um, I, I missed the old Republic ones and stuff. Ooh. I did play, funny enough, Battlefront on the PS Two. Oh. oh yeah. So how was right that? It was the 2004 Battlefront. Yeah, I I remember Pat always Patrick who formerly they was Paris. They were he actually... always used to be really impressed with the the way that you could get like it was like a really old game, but you could be on the ground and then get in a ship and then fly right up into space. Yes, he always said that was quite impressive. Yeah, or you could, or if you you were fighting loads of people and there were stormtroopers coming at you, you jump in and at that and take them out. And if your mate was playing split screen, they could jump in too and take one of the turrets. Oh, you know what? You know <laughs> what? So, working on the... Playing that with my brother was brilliant. Working on the Titanfall basis, this is the sort of thing I would like to see uh, in the Respawn game, is is almost that. So you've got this... Uh, you look at the Titanfall, the cool mech thing, this this gorgeous, you build it up, yeah. and this enormous thing comes down, you, you jump into it, and you can almost imagine this ability to transition and get in, not necessarily the Millennium yeah. Falcon, but hop into a TIE Fighter and or an X-Wing, depending yeah. on how you're playing, yeah. jump up, zoom in, continue the battle for the planet. I think that sort of stuff could be really, really cool, uh, if controlled rightly. Or keep out the spaceships and just go for the, the various walkers, the various 
battle type vehicles. I think that could be incredibly well, good. It, it was. It was really. I mean, obviously, it was limited by the hardware at the time. And um, oh yes, the only reason why it has warm fuzzies for me is because I played it with my younger, my younger brother. Mm. So we used to literally either go on opposite sides or the same side, and. This is something about, I know it was back in the PS2 and it couldn't do a lot compared to now, but jumping in a fighter and flying into a Star Destroyer, jumping out of that fighter as it flies into other parked star, TIE Fighters and takes them yeah. out, and then running around the Star Destroyer hitting people, there's limited areas you can go in, and then sort of stealing another one and getting out when you've blown up that Star Destroyer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I used was... to like the old uh, X-Wing games, uh, TIE Fighter, X-Wing Alliance. Yeah. I used to love all that. I wish they'd just make enough one of those, to be honest. And, and I feel like they really missed an opportunity there because there was a want, big... Isn't it? Yeah, well, there was a big sort of uh, re-establishment uh, of that genre, like with Elite and, uh, well, I know we still haven't got Star Citizen, but that's never coming out. So, um, But at least it renewed the interest in that genre to some degree. And uh, I really think they missed a trick. They could have definitely done uh, an X-Wing game. It probably wouldn't even need to be that high budget. I suppose you'd probably have to organise a lot of voice acting and, hmm. and uh, you know. But, but then they, they um, did that. They, they poured so much into Battlefront 2. And I just find it funny because they could have just split the resources and had a couple of games in the pipeline. I think, I think the difficulty here is EA, as far as I can tell, you look at pretty much their entire games portfolio, they're focused on multiplayer. And so be it, it's a decision yeah. they make. But I think hmm. what you also want, and even what I was describing a short while ago, the Titanfall stuff, jumping into spaceships, all of that stuff, that's, that's all multiplayer, mass, you know, loads of people online fighting against each other. What they did do, and they appear to have entirely cancelled now, was the single player experience their their Dragon Age esque type yeah. experience? Which was it was was it Amy Hennig who worked on the Uncharted series, all of that stuff. Yeah, that's what that's what this open world game turned mm. into, because they that that's what, that was the thing. I think the pro- problem is there's no getting away from the fact that single player games cost a lot of money, um, and they only have a very finite. Uh, you know, shelf uh, life, yeah, shelf life, exactly or, or like um, financial ceiling. You know, they only have a very finite version yeah. of that. You know, so um, and that's why DLC is a thing because it's seen as a way of like you know uh, capitalizing on or, or expanding a single player. Experience. Particularly when the DLC is downloadable um, content. It used to be you could buy the expansion pack. It was another CD. Which I had for the Elder Scrolls yeah, Plus. Yeah. Right. Now, you buy the original game, but you can only buy the expansions online. And actually, that's fine. I don't have an issue with that, particularly. Mm, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind DLC. I find it optional. Uh, you know, I got the Spider-Man DLC because I really liked mm. the original game, and I really wasn't done with it. Yeah. But you um, see, <laughs> uh, I wanted to go yeah. back to it. You know, especially because of Spider-Man Frenzy at the yeah. end of last year. But you year, see, what you know? I want. What I really, really want. So, tell me tell what me. I want. What I really, tell really me. want. I want a yeah. good quality you want a- single player Star Wars game. Sick as a That as well. Yeah. But no, what yes. I really want, what I really, really want is a good quality single player Star Wars game. Don't care if it's open world. Don't care. I mean, what I would like to see, for example, so we go back to Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. 
Now, if you gave that sort of concept, the the growing skill sets, the the leveling up, the action RPG, you gave that to a company like Platinum, for example, who've done the Bayonetta mm-hmm. games and all of that crazy shit. Now, you imagine if they were given the IP and the lightsabers and all of that stuff and the force powers, what they could do. You look at the, the Devil May Cry yeah. stuff on that. Now, I think if... Basically, Star Wars is big enough for everyone to have a bit of love. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. I'd, I'd like to see a really quality Star Wars game <laughs> built by a studio and a studio properly experienced in that sort of game. I think that could be a wonderful thing. What I'd also... Sorry, I, just go think, on, go on. I just think that in order to uh, have the pockets to make a really compelling single-player game... You need to sell it to like either it needs to be a major studio that's willing to take more more chances, or it needs to be a platform holder like well, Sony it, who are yeah, willing to exactly that you know who've got other revenue streams to you know. I think going. Star Wars is as big an IP as Spider Man, right? Uh, bigger in and of itself. Bigger. So yeah. Sony didn't take a chance on Spider Man. They had Spider-Man, and they got one of their good studios who've made some cracking games for them that were fun to do a game with it. I think yeah. it wouldn't necessarily need to be Sony, but one of the better publishers than EA who just say, well, it's all about online and only that. Um, I think although there is an expenditure on single-player games, particularly when you bring in the DLC and the additional content and they're not trapping players into it, but... You sell the games, people have fun, it gets a good reputation. There is still money to be made. The question becomes the sheer margin levels, whether it's, hmm. you know, you spend a million develop. I don't know, it would be much more than that. If you spend 10 million developing and you make 20 million, that's great. You spend 10 million developing yeah. and you can sell it on for years and years and make 50 million, that's the EA roots that's the what they do with fifa they 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 enforce gambling they push all of that sort of stuff they do nasty nasty tactics what i would like to say i just think that there's go on go on i just think that there's a, a fundamental like wrong-headedness here i think they think oh we've got the star wars license so whatever game they make it's like well it has to make this yep. much money yeah and i feel like that's so wrong-headed because Surely, if they've got the Star Wars license, they can make whatever the fuck game they want, yeah. and it will still ship yeah. the units. You know, it, I, I give it to Ubisoft; they'll fucking make. Oh. All, they'll make every kind of Star Wars game there if is. They do a Star Wars game they, based on an entire planet where you run around. You've got various objectives in the Assassin's Creed or Far Cry style or whatever. Just this, yeah. you have to jump up towers, cool. obviously. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> not anymore. No. no, not anymore. No. Oh no, they've weaning themselves they off the towers they're, now. There's still the the viewpoints on the new. You have to go to certain it. places, go to certain places, and then sync with the sort of force. Yeah. I mean, they're making. Meditation. They're already making a Star Wars game. Uh, you know, Beyond Good and Evil Two could be a fucking Star Wars game if they had the Star Wars yes. license. Yeah, um, actually, yeah, I completely see that. Although I don't know about the talking pigs, the scale of it, and monkeys and stuff. But yeah, they've just switched them out for Ewoks yeah. and. Oh no! Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I'd yeah, I'd I'd rather Ubisoft have it any day of the yeah. week, or yeah. you know, um, 
even Bethesda, you know, they could do something oh, probably good you know with what? it as well. Give Bethesda the Star Wars IP. So they've got the what's the what's the one they've got coming up uh, before Elder Scrolls Six Star Starfield. Call cool, that. Oh, how how could you change that to be like Star Wars? Oh, well, I guess you could change Cut the field mm. and make it into a war. Yeah, Ooh. Right, that's it. Yeah, have a war, like have war, a war, war in a field. War stars. Field wars. Field wars. I reckon they should. I reckon they should call it Star Killer. <laughs> but yeah, like I say the, the, it would be <coughs> wonderful if Disney would just go right. We're going to work with this publisher on this idea and this concept. Yeah. It's what they used yes. to do. Yeah. Uh, they no, they farm it no. out. You know, Bioware would have Lucas it. Lucas Arts, Lucasfilm used to do. Yeah. Then Disney bought it. And yeah, sold before the Disney took over. Yeah, I mean, I think Disney just uh, totally dismantled its entire interactive uh, arm. You know, yeah. they used to have their own uh, yeah. video game. Yeah, they used to bring out tie-ins for movies and everything, didn't they? It's like, yeah, and they there was a there was a racing yeah. game they did that pod, was pretty yeah, crazy the racing game that was uh, my brother had out on the PS2. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, th- I think yeah. the happy path. I think I do believe that EA are not going to have full ten years license. I don't believe Disney are going to be happy with it. It'll be interesting what Disney do. They're they're going to do one or two things. Really, because I think this covers the basis. They'll mm. sell the rights to a single other publisher, or no, actually, one of three things: they will sell the rights to a single other publisher, or they will split out the ideas. And they'll take on a management team to allow individual publishers to bid on ideas, which is the absolute happy path and the best thing for any gamer. Or possibly they'll just will never see another Star Wars game again for. Fuck knows how long till they change the management, which is horribly one of the more realistic scenarios. But I believe I don't know they will not put all their eggs in that same basket again. I suspect they bought the rights, they bought Lucas. I, I don't know. God. I think I think we might see something. What happened with Fox? Because obviously Disney and Marvel weren't happy with the way that Fox were using the license for certain what well, for Spider Man. Yeah, and so they had to basically get involved. So I think we might even see a Disney intervention before then. We might even see the resurgence of a Disney interactive and it'll be a, a co-venture. Or a strong that, that, firm that arm on the shoulder of, the, of EA. Yeah, but yeah. not with Electronic Arts. I can see him pulling away from Electronic Arts, and but then being well, involved in the individual It depends if they get one more chance. Oh, I hope not. Yeah. But actually, you're right. It is option if four, is, isn't it? Here's a curveball. <laughs> What about if they uh, Netflix have started to get into this? What about if they leverage Disney Plus into an online gaming platform? You know, similar to what Chrome might be working on, if yeah, they yeah. somehow got involved in that technology, well, in separate to PC, separate to PS4, their own platform yeah. that had Star A Wars IPs, and yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because I mean, it could start off with fairly small scale stuff, but I mean, we're talking like quite a way down the road here by the time their relationship ends with EA you know Disney could be putting out Telltale games you know you know so they might you know that's when so we uh last month last week whenever the previous one went out at the end of it we were talking about generations and saying next one's PS5 and the whole thing about generations coming out when we get to the point where streaming becomes the main thing on video games, 
So we are platform agnostic effectively at that point. If Disney are able to just stream their games across to users regardless of what they're playing on, that I could genuinely see really happening. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's the future. It, it's, so I it's think not about the, the hardware is... set that you're packing. doesn't matter if it's Xbox. doesn't matter if it's a PC. No. You could be doing it on a tablet with a controller. You could be doing it on oh, God knows what will be yeah. right in a few years' time. And I think it will be down the just line. The yeah, Disney collection. just producing games on their streaming service where they stream it to the thing you play on. I could see them doing that, actually. I genuinely could. And they've got the map, they got the clout. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just fuck off EA. We'll, you know, hire some of those devs that have made Bandersnatch and they'll uh, just create their own stuff. Star Wars <laughs> stories. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I would love yeah. it, though, if we had the Obi-Wan and all those films that were basically canned just yeah, coming out as um, interactive stories. Because I they would could, love to see more. They could do more. that. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, there's all that kind of stuff if you read the comics. Hmm. Um, and. Uh, I think their streaming platform will, will they're going to be looking for all kinds of original content to get you coughing up yeah. you know ten or a month or whatever yeah so uh, yeah cool I think that's not a bad note to leave it on actually as we peer into the far future uh, hopefully Star Wars. fairly far to be honest I just want to see EA get it snatched away <laughs> yeah I, fi- I definitely message received and I fully agree and endorse that yeah Cool. All right then, uh, yeah. that'll do. All good. Thanks for listening to the Not Playing Podcast, part of the Not Listening Podcast Network, where you can also find the Not Watching Podcast, where we talk about movies and TV, and the Not Listening Podcast, where you can hear Adam and Co. talk about all kinds of nonsensical nonsense. You can email us at notplayingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at or follow us on Twitter at notplayingpod. You can find the show notes for all our shows at notlistening.co.uk. And if you like what you've heard here, please do leave us a review. Anyway, that's all for now. Until next time, bye! Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling spectacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th, C-Club for details.